Well, hello, everybody. Guess who's back? Hi, my name is Farhad, and we're back with a brand new Tareen Giants podcast. And guess who's on the other line? Your favorite, your favorite UVF fan, Rav. How you doing, buddy? Welcome. I'm good. I'm good. How you doing in all this craziness? Doing all right. Um, yeah, thankfully, there's some news coming back, and you know, life is coming back to normal slowly. Stay mm-hmm. home if you don't have to go. Uh, um, but yeah. <laughs> People, people demanded it. We kind of threw it out there that, you know, podcast is available. We're still here. So let's bring people what they want. Uh, mediocre podcast, the best <laughs> I do. <laughs> Don't put yourself uh, down. So, so, <laughs> so uh, Rav, um, first of all, let's get some business out of the way. It's been a while, so forgive us. Um, yeah. Remind me all the, <laughs> all the contacts. We've had minimal preparations for this, as always. Um, yeah. uh, follow us on Twitter at uvafc.com, spelled out. That's, of course, Rav. Of course, you're following him already. I don't need to promote his Twitter account. Um, <laughs> at Uve Podcast, please join us. Um, if you're interested in the Turin Giants um, uh, merchandise, please follow at Turin Giants, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll be discussing some of the things about the, the lockdown itself. Um, we'll be talking about Chiellini's comments on Bellatelli and Mello. Uh, yeah. I'm re- literally reading what uh, what Rav laid out for us. So he he did he did the majority of the work, and I appreciate him because about half an hour ago I was walking through the woods with my children. So you know, <laughs> COVID <laughs> parenting doesn't stop. So I, I appreciate yeah. you uh, coming up with a plan. So then we'll no briefly worries. touch on Rabio and his um, uh, apparent protest. Uh, so. You guys sent awesome questions. We appreciate you. We've been missed. We've missed answering your questions, and um, we'll get straight to it. Um, people don't like when I chit chat. I've gotten some messages, so I'll shut the f up, and we'll <laughs> we'll get to the podcast. Um, first of all, Raf, your turn to speak. How you doing, man? Mm. Tell us tell us about your how your experience have been has been um, during lockdown. Ah, uh, strange. <laughs> it's been real weird, to be honest. Um, I, I think it's been pretty weird for everyone, you know, like trying to get used to this kind of lifestyle and, and sort of living indoors and, and not going out. But, you know, it's it's like, yeah. it's not a big deal. You know, there, there's people out there on the front line doing important work and staying at home is, is it is what it is. Like I, I got a lot of reading done. I got a lot of building done, exercising most days. Yeah, my hair is like... <laughs> Maldili length now, nearly. Um, is, so, so imagine this Rav building a house shirtless with his <laughs> hair flowing down his chest. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, you are uh, you are popular around the you know uh, female UF fans. So I appreciate I'm you sure handling that. that handling that um, <laughs> uh, segment of the population. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been weird, fun, and you know, yeah. Um, had a chance to reconnect with the family and, you know, spend some time at home and come up with games and, and do all the, all the fun stuff. But I think, I think, you know, we are slowly, like I said, coming back to normal life and mm-hmm. um, it's been a weird experience, but I, I think everybody did, you know, made it through and um, so much misery. So, Let's let's yeah. get back to uh, our UVA business. How about how about that? Somebody suggested Absolutely. we talked about the you know pandemic and all that. I I just don't have it in me. <laughs> no, let's, that's fair let's enough. Let's get back to to the fun part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So so Kalini released a book. First of all, is the book available in English? Do you know? I don't think so. Not yet. I think it might be because I know that he has obviously quite a big following. Uh, <laughs> not just in the English speaking world, but I think in Indonesia, and I know uh, a guy who used to sort of handle his social media and stuff. So I, I'm hoping they translate it into English, but uh, I think a lot of it has already been out there. Hmm? You, you just have to, I mean, when this yeah, yeah. global, in, uh, you know, outreach, you just, you just have to, I don't know what that means. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I just, I just know global outreach is a fancy word. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so you know, as always, when you release an autobiography, uh, there are 
there are chapters that stand out and mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact quotes about what he said about Melo. Maybe you can refresh our memory. Uh, Felipe Melo, of course, played for Juve in the Del Neri and in the uh, Chiro Ferrara, I believe, era. Oh. Well, yeah. it wasn't a good stint with Juve, so there's always words being thrown around. Uh, and now finally, you know, uh, I think Chiellini brought him to the to the to people's minds again, and and he was <laughs> I think he was happy to be in the in the on the front pages again. So, what, what do you think about uh, Melo? And more 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 important, Bell, uh, you know, uh, kind of closer to us as as uh, UF fans as Bellatelli. Um, what do you think about his comments? It it really wasn't a big deal. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people made more of it than they needed to because it's Italian football and the press out there kind of pick up on quite literally everything. But, he, you know, he pretty much said what we all knew, which was that Felipe Melo was, was a head case. Now, if it was the case that, you know, like it was completely against Felipe uh, Melo's character, you could sort of say, well, hang on a second, why is Chiellini saying this? But, you, you know, you literally just need to go and look on the internet and and, <laughs> and look at what this guy has done in his career. You know, like he's headbutted people. He's he's literally punched a guy in the face on the pitch. He started a riot. Um, I think he's in the top 10 players for most red cards throughout his entire career. He's a complete head case. And he was a disruptive influence at Juventus. Everybody knows that. So it's it's not really a big deal that he said what everyone already knows. But what's really funny to me is the fact that you know, like Chiellini said a couple, <laughs> a couple of words about this guy and this guy hasn't shut up, you know, for like t- two weeks. <laughs> he just keeps coming out with stuff yeah. and it's like he really got under his skin. Yeah, so there's, hmm. there's defenders who do get red cards and, you know, they're, they're are dedicated and, you know, you know, red cards are uh, kind of a product of their passion, but he's just yeah. a guy who's, who's just basically an asshole. You know, he gets red he's cards for the sake of getting red cards, get into fights, and uh, um, yeah. I mean, if you if you're not familiar with Felipe Melo, just YouTube <laughs> his his uh, literally attacks on, on yeah. opposing players, and you'll know what kind of kind of dude you know you're dealing with. And yeah, I remember the the comments weren't even that bad, but because it was you know still COVID going on, it's not yeah. much of the news. Kellini uh, was kind of vilified, and people who know Kellini know they're not. He's not a guy who gossips or you know guy no, who no, no, no. talks behind pe- people's backs. And people who were defending Kellini were saying, "Hey, all that stuff is available." He did not break any. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, confidentiality of players in between each other. But he, everybody knew what both Melo and Bellatelli are capable of. And uh, I think you, you have to also say that it's a book, you know, like he's selling a book. Mm-hmm. It's not going to sell if he just says, you know, like I got along with everyone. Everyone was great. I had a great career. That's it. No one's going to pick that up, you know, except for maybe Juventini. So he, he needs to, I'm not saying he's, you know, like elaborating on the truth or anything or that he's he's lying or anything. I'm just saying that he's talking about some realities that maybe we didn't particularly know a great deal of detail about. So it's not a big deal. And the same thing with Balotelli as well. He he said what everyone knows. Balotelli has moved club literally every sort of summer because he's a really talented player. And I like Balotelli a lot, but he just has a problem sometimes settling. He hasn't sort of tapped into he has the talent, but he just, I, I think a lot of his career has just been wasted because of his, the the kind of stuff that he's got up to off the pitch. And he's, he's very kind of angsty and he, he has a bit of an attitude and, you know, some people love that, but at the end of the day, I think he, he, he could have been so much more. He really could have been. Yeah. And I think Chiellini was just saying, just, you know, what he's experienced with him. And they, and the other thing to add is that they had a, like an Instagram uh, talk I think literally a couple of days after the the um, the news came out, and they literally just you know they like laughed about it. So it's not a big deal. It's just oh, you know, so they had like house. a live live session together. Yeah, yeah, and they've this they kind of talked it out and they laughed about it. So you know, there's no big deal there. There's no controversy. It's just Felipe Melo being Felipe Melo because he's a freaking yeah. idiot. So <laughs> yeah. So so so, what, so your thoughts on on Rabiot? Let's switch topics here real quick to. Um, mm-hmm. Rabiot, you know, there, there, there was videos of him training. Um, he was clearly working out a lot. 
Yeah. Or, you know, it's social media. Maybe he was um, putting on more, a little more than we, we could see. Um, his return. What do you think yeah. about the, that whole saga? I think you, you're into, you know, the news a little more. I'll let you handle this one also. Um, what was the situation there? Well, it's essentially what happened. It, it sort of came out of the blue where I think it was uh, La Stampa, which is a, a Turin-based newspaper, sort of came out and said that um, he was essentially on protest, that he wasn't returning like all the other players because he wasn't happy about the fact that he had to take a, a salary cut. Uh, and apparently this is all down to his mother, who also acts as his agent. I think, I think she, I'm pretty sure she's still his agent. So she, she basically advised him on that. Um, and because of that, like I say, these, these kind of headlines were generated and they were saying that he is leaving it until the last minute to come back, but he hadn't actually broken any rules. Um, it's difficult to know what to make about it because if it had been a player that didn't or, or doesn't have any sort of previous, you know, like he hasn't done this in the past, uh, you could just kind of take it with a pinch of salt and say, look, it's just a load of rubbish. It's just the newspapers trying to print something when there's nothing else to talk about. But I think with him, maybe there is an element of truth about it. He, the thing to stress is that he didn't break any rules. He, he is back, uh, I think tomorrow or he's back to training tomorrow. I know he's back in Turin, but he's back to training tomorrow. Like you said, we've seen the videos. He's been doing what he's supposed to do in lockdown. He's been training and, um, that there's been no sort of issue with that, but I just get the sense that there's always like a slight element of truth when it comes from certain parts of the press, because if you sort of follow the press and you follow these boring stories as often as I do, you, you sometimes get the idea that maybe they have certain sort of contacts within the team and they have very sort of strong kind of, like a sort of a strong understanding of, of what's happening at Juve. So I, I don't think there's, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's rubbish. Uh, I think maybe there is an element of truth to it, but I don't know how much it's sort of been blown out of proportion. But ultimately, he's back. He's going to train. I get the feeling they're probably selling this summer because they they got him for nothing, and his uh, you know he, he hasn't yeah. really impressed. So, I, and knowing him, we'll probably move on to another club and then just talk shit about Juve. So, yeah, that's no, pretty okay, much. I guarantee you that. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just. It's the attitude when people come to when players come to Juve, they either get it or they don't. And I just feel like he's the he's a player who doesn't get it. You know, yeah. He may be technical, he may be um has a great shot or whatever his I haven't really um you know distinguished any of his great, you know, attributes, but he's mm -hmm. a he's he was a good player from what I've seen. Um yeah. but but he can he can be He can be great in training, but when he loses the ball and he just stands there and let the player uh, run away, that to so me as, as a UF fan just says that just doesn't have that in him. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, you just can't teach that. You know, Demiral, you know, look at him. He's a Juventino since his first or second game. And we've seen a lot of uh, Rabio. Yeah, we didn't see a lot of him in the beginning. And maybe the reason he wasn't starting or he wasn't given a lot of chances is because they were just covering for him by saying, yeah. you know, he's out of shape and all that. Maybe he's just his his attitude was just crap. And uh I've heard some reports about him going to Everton. Everton is apparently building yeah. a world class squad. And um yeah, maybe we'll see him there. EPL, I, honestly, I can completely see him uh playing in EPL where uh tactically and physically you really don't have to be as strong as Harry. I I know. Mm -hmm. It's just an opinion, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, if, if we True. sold him, I'd be okay with it. If we kept him for one more year, I would be curious to see what he can bring. But like you said, I, I'm leaning towards him lean, uh, leaving for sure. I just quickly to add to that, I get the feeling that because of what uh, you know, like people like Paratici have said that you know there isn't money. <laughs> to spend a lot of clubs don't have the money to spend so um yeah. it may well be the case that we see players kind of used uh you know like in exchange deals and stuff like that so mm -hmm. it could be the kind of player that's that we, wild isn't it isn't it how the, yeah. this thing affected every single industry it's insane it's, it's yeah. sports you think when we lost sports we you know this was unprecedented i mean it was 
just so strange to sit at home and you know binge on t you know television and stuff like that <laughs> we're just so used yeah. to having sports in our lives uh yeah. but you know i've i've enjoyed a couple maybe like a month of it i really did mm. enjoy the break you know got into reading a little bit of course i was busy at work and um, um but but i'm starting to feel it too you know i really love sports yeah <laughs> and i just yeah. you know basketball <laughs> basketball man this should have been a great season and uh man sad but even sadder is that so many people lost their lives and obviously we're exactly. we know yeah we know the real situation and you know it's you we, we're just talking sports and let's not lose the the side of the real things here um exactly. all right so yeah. mustafa is asking the next question which is kind of you know what i was just talking about should football return considering what's happening in the world um oh that was actually the question should football return considering yeah. what's happening in the world mm. what do you think well your thoughts um I, i think if it's safe and uh, it's difficult to answer like my my sort of instinct is always to sort of think about the uh, you know the human element and the risk to human life so my overwhelming sort of response is no you know just figure out a way to settle all these seasons like the French league have done and like uh the Scottish Premier League have done just yeah. you know just assign titles or don't assign titles do whatever you want but uh I know a lot of people would disagree with me because they think the life should just go on and blah 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 but I think a lot of people don't understand the the scale and the scope of what is happening um around the world and and the loss of life yeah. is just horrific it is it is a tragedy that we we we're not going to fully understand this until i don't know like six months a year down the line people are just not going to get it mm -hmm. so my overwhelming feeling is screw it it's a sport you know i understand we're here yeah. talking about football so we, <laughs> we got to talk about football but if they feel that it is safe and that they can put in various checks and tests and and it is completely safe for the players to return uh then by all means continue it but that is up to them to decide but my feeling is no i i feel like it's it's just ridiculous because it is literally going to take one player to be on the pitch to come in contact um and there's so much about this thing that we don't know you know the, the, there's things we're learning about it every single day and we are literally saying let's let's go back out into the unknown and let's continue because you know blah 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 it's just, I'm, I'm it's just not worth it i mean it's just so no, silly to no. uh, to 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 continue it, it just doesn't feel the same you know what i mean we, they they can mm -hmm. come back they yeah. can sit they can sit the the spectators i don't know six feet apart a couple of meters apart but you're always having that that thought in the back of your mind like this is so weird this is not this is not a it's not a fun occasion you know what i mean there's nothing exactly. like seeing pakistans and it's just not the same it's doing it for the sake of something and then you realize that there's money involved and i just you know that that game bundesliga that that those few games over the weekend i was not even interested i know it's <laughs> football and came back but i just have no interest you know i was watching juve enter without spectators and it was fun because you could hear our players and yeah. their players and it was sort of a strange experience but i think i can only take one of those games because mm -hmm. it's just not the same and it's yeah. like you said the 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 scale of you know of of this strategy tragedy yeah. is so large that i i don't want to be entertained with life sports that could potentially mean contact in between players and they they go somewhere mm -hmm. and you know and uh, at the end you know people with compromised immune systems are the ones suffering and i don't know just doesn't doesn't feel right completely um yeah, yeah you know it's just, like you said it's just sports um, exactly just completely like um sorry just off the sorry, point slightly but it it literally just hit eight o'clock where i am in the uk and we've we've been doing this thing for the last couple of months like coming out and applauding all the people that work in the national health service so oh, i can wow. kind of hear it in my in my ear and obviously i, I don't know if everyone mm. knows but you work you know like in a hospital so that that kind of applause that was for you as well man i, I just oh, want to say thank you buddy. No, seriously, nice. yeah. it's it's a it's you know like you guys are the real heroes during this so um 
No, 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 yeah, no. that's for you as well. Yeah, I, 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 you know, people are, I, I do appreciate it and, and people do say very sweet things, but I honestly, you know, people say I'm just doing my job. Literally, it's just like <laughs> I go to work and do my job. It was, it was, it was scary in the beginning, like walking in those rooms fully, yeah. uh, you know, dawned and, you know, you, you have all sorts of protection that you, that you mm-hmm. can possibly imagine. It, yeah. it felt weird. It felt like, you know, this, this word pandemic in the back of your mind is like, what, what am I doing here? I'm just, <laughs> yeah. just going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. It feels so surreal. Uh, but That's I appreciate weird. you, buddy. Um, so Mike is asking, uh, Sari for season 2020, 2021, is he the right man for the job? Oof. Your thoughts, sir? Um, it, it's really, it's not even like, uh, you know, like, do you have an opinion on it? I think it's just the case that we don't have the money <laughs> to do anything else. Um, you know, just very quickly, if we talk about who else is at the level that we need right now, you know, you're talking about Guardiola, you're talking about Klopp, you're talking about Pochettino, someone like that. Um, those guys are going to cost a fortune. Uh, Sadi, I think, has a contract until next summer. So financially, we... I don't feel that we're in a situation where we can really look elsewhere. Not, not really. Um, and he's got this far. So why, why kind of stop the work that he's put in um, and, and hire someone else on a huge salary uh, when, you know, we literally just asked the players to kind of defer sort of seven, was it 70% or 90%? I can't even remember. Uh, basically to defer a huge chunk of their salary, it seems Mm-hmm. seems kind of counterintuitive. I think if there is an amazing opportunity available and there's some financial wiggle room to maybe get someone that perhaps understands what it is to coach Juve and to come in with some new ideas, maybe, you know, that's a, it's a tiny percentage, but overall I think we're going to continue with him. I think, uh, I think he's done a, a reasonably good job with, with what he has. Um, yeah, just just stick with him. I, I think for another season at least, and, and see what happens. I don't know if you agree with that, or if you're you're kind of looking elsewhere. Uh, well, no, no, I I agree with that. Uh, kind of continuing on that topic, you posted words of Guardiola's friend or person in his entourage. Uh, yes, yeah. But you were saying that you know it's a real possibility that he comes to Italy. Definitely, and, uh, it was good to hear those words. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it, I think we just have to be patient. Uh, I think Guardiola's time will come at Juve. And for now, you know what? I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I do want Sari to win the Champions League. <laughs> just because <laughs> it's just so un- he's just so unpredictable. Yeah. He, he did he did win the Europa League. He knows uh the the glory, the European glory, so to yeah. speak. And I kind of want that that guy who smokes and just uh, they're saying his, his the inside of his mask must smell like an ashtray, but I I do want him to to succeed yeah. and um, just kind of vindicate himself because a lot of people don't like him and yeah. um, judging by, judging by his first season I don't think it's fair. First of all, it was an incomplete season. We uh, we were on the way to win the scudetto. Don't know how. Uh, it's just, just so sad, you know, because we were. Mm. We were improving, and we were already in the first place, and and Inter started to drop off, and uh, yeah, I, f- I I think we I think this season should be successful for him, if not in the Champions League, even though I would love to to see that, but Serie A, uh, yeah, I, I would love to, for him to win some silverware. Absolutely. Uh, all right, um, Lindsay. So Lindsay's asking a question that's really near and dear to my heart. I love when people. <laughs> That's about creating a, a fan club. If you don't mind, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take this you, over if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so so Lindsay, first of all, she's a um, loyal listener. We appreciate you. She's asking, what are the biggest challenging challenges to starting a fan club? Any advice for those wanting to give it a shot? Uh, so the reason why that's close to me is because in 2011, after the two horrific seasons in this area, uh, I started a fan club when I lived in Los Angeles. And um, it was fun. It turned out it's he, it's still it's still active, very active, I should say. Said is taking care of that. Uh, I had to move away from Los Angeles, so I can't really be hands on. But they're doing an excellent job. 
And in the beginning, it's just it's just fun to meet new UF fans, especially if if you live in an area where you don't think there's UF fans. Believe me, there are. <laughs> uh, there's fan clubs all over America, and if if you think your your town is too small for UF fans, it's not. Um, the 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 key is the consistency, just like in anything else. Uh, you will you will see people who you know who want to come to meetings, but they just kind of need encouragement, and that encouragement is is it all depends on you. The more you post, the more um, um, creative your posts are. If your parties are fun, if the you know the the place where you're gathering to watch the games if it's fun if it's accommodating to um to your to your guests which in the beginning you they are your guests your first couple of meetings with the uh with the new fans they 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 need a reason to come back and you know i always concentrated on not the quantity but the quality and the, the meetings that we had were a lot of fun and i still keep in touch with uh with people who came to our meetings and obviously like I always say on this podcast, you know, they're, they're my lifelong friends now. Um, yeah, I mean, set up a few social media accounts. It's super easy now. Back when I was starting in 2011, Facebook was was the ruler. Uh, not, It's not as much anymore. So if you want a f- uh, fan club, start an uh, Instagram account. Show people who are watching, you know, the videos and the live live streaming or whatever however you want to do it set up a twitter account just have all the information available to to people who are checking out your website and uh oh sorry your social media and people will flock it's a lot of fun honestly um yeah it's 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 a lot of fun it takes a little bit of work but the the um the rewards are awesome so i encourage anybody to start a fan club all right Enough, enough of me. You're you're gonna answer the next one, buddy. Uh, Kareem, he's asking: Champions League behind closed doors. Is it a good idea? Will the winner feel the win? I like that that addition that he did. Will the winner yeah. feel the win? What, what are your thoughts on that? Champions League, um, obviously, <laughs> it would feel strange. Uh, I think, yeah, I think when we win the Champions League this year, I think we will definitely feel it, even though we're all going to be. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I couldn't resist. I love it. Um, I, <laughs> We, <laughs> I, I don't think we have any other option, you know, like if, if they're happy to continue it and if it's safe, you know, the, the, there's money to be made. Every, at the end of the day, money rules everything, you know, like like the exactly. freaking Wu-Tang said, you know, cash, <laughs> cash rules everything around me. Seriously, um, that that is that is all that matters to a lot of these organizations and, you know, like safety and, and all the rest is is. I don't want to sound cynical or anything like that, but I think that, you know, they don't really care that there's money to be made. So they have to keep these things going. They need to, they need to get it out on TV. So yeah, I think it will definitely be strange. Um, is it sort of worth it behind closed doors? It has to be, you know, there's no other option that they want to play. They want to finish the competition. They want to assign a winner. Um, you know, so when we win in Istanbul, I think it's going to be, you know, it'll be fine. We'll have to celebrate it all at home, but you know, it's no big deal. I'll celebrate oh, so, at home. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're actually, well, I'm confused. So this season is, Champions League is not canceled yet. Is that correct? It's, you you it's guys have to forgive work. me. I've been behind, like, like I said, you know. Being being at home and and working with two children, you know, you, I don't follow as much of it. So, if you guys are making fun of me right now, I totally understand <laughs> it. I don't have much information on that, but uh, I, you know, I was under impression that Champions League. How can that go on? How can they play through the summer? But Rob will give us a little more detail. What have you heard about uh, continuing the Champions League final, uh, the Champions League season? I think the plan at the moment, and this is all unofficial because everything is quite literally up in the air, as we've seen with what's happened in Italy, it changes every single hour, every single day. Yeah. But the plan at the moment is that they want to continue uh, in August, So, it, which is really strange because in Liga, they've assigned a title to PSG. Lyon are out of the Champions League places. Uh, and I think their, their president, uh, Jean-Michel Olas, has, has kind of kicked up a big stink about that. But um, 
yeah, they, they want to continue it in August. So I think the plan, uh, sort of provisional plan, is that the Premier League, the Bundesliga, uh, Spain, La Liga, and, and obviously Serie A are going to continue in pro- probably in June uh, and then July, and they're going to play games relatively frequently. So it'll be sort of, uh, you know, maybe two, three games a week, something like that. Um, they'll assign the titles and then it will get to August and then they'll start playing the Champions League. Uh, and I think because, you know, again, there's there's only sort of so many rounds left that it will be in a shorter sort of time frame. It won't be extended. Um, but yeah, for the moment, they still want to play I actually, it. I, mean, I, I can actually, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I, I can actually see that because, it's, you know, usually the breaks in between are up to two, two weeks and yeah. then you have to, for for the next round, you have to wait a couple of months. I can see if they compress it a little bit. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the the whole situation with no fans is kind of weird. Like I said, yeah. I just <laughs> imagine you will win. <laughs> finally, finally you win. There's nobody there to celebrate. It's just going to be so strange, man. Uh, I swear, when I, I had that exact thought. Like I was literally thinking about it the other day when, when they started talking about it. And I thought this this would just be the most Juve thing to do for the most Juve <laughs> thing to happen. Like we win it. It's behind closed doors and everyone's complaining because there's no fans there. And, you know, like it's not yeah. a real Champions League title. And, yeah, that would be so Juve. <laughs> Hey, you, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes the atmosphere at the US at the Allianz uh, uh, Stadium just feels like there's COVID going on. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it won't be that, that won't be that different. Um, uh, that's true. So Pete, uh, our next question mm. by Pete, he's asking top top ten UVA transfers for each of us. I think top ten is a little much. I've uh, I've compiled the top five. I'm sure okay. I'm forgetting someone. Actually, actually top six. Go for it. Um, so. Obviously, Barzali. Yeah, it was a situation <laughs> yeah. where he went home. He's no longer with the club. Mm-hmm. Um, he posted a, a warm message for the fans and for everyone who supported him throughout the years. Uh, so he's no longer part of the training uh, squad. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. He's he's going back, but he may come yeah, back as a so. some kind of manager at some point. So. So his his transfer really put the nail in the coffin, or should I say, the last brick in the wall that was the legendary wall at Juve, mm. um, and he only cost us like three hundred thousand euro or something like that, which was just a ridiculous price. We got him from Wolfsburg, <laughs> and he just yeah. he, to me he's a Juve legend for sure. Uh, Absolutely, we're, we're we're talking we're talking about players who achieved much less than him, and we call them legends. And I feel like um, the BBC. BB BC was just legendary. And um, so Barzali's acquisition was, was a great, you know, great deal by Marotta and also a um, paid out, you know, paid off in the long run. Um, this, oh, well, this, this will feel like it's a top 10 because my second favorite um, transfer at Juve was actually three times. I love that Caceres played for us three times, three <laughs> different stints. So I'll consider that the three transfers. Um, most notably, I really love when he came back in 2011 and yeah. uh, first game. First game that that game was always going to be one of my favorites. The game against Milan when he scored two goals. A defender yeah. scored two goals on his return. First first game back. Uh, Coppa Italia, and he just buries two goals against <laughs> Milan. Um, that was awesome. I love Caceres. I uh, still follow him, even though he doesn't play for you a lot. But you know, always he—he he was one of those guys who was always ready to fight, and um, he really helped us out during the during the darker times. Um, Trezeguet was a great acquisition, obviously. Um, I just wish he he didn't knock out Italy. Uh, out of the Euros in 2000 with his penalties, that was that was sad. Uh, but obviously, we we've grown to love him. Uh, Trezeguet yeah. was an amazing transfer, amazing deal. Um, one of my favorite transfers will be a future transfer because it's happening, whether you want it or not. <laughs> Pope <are> coming back. <laughs> I'm still I'm still keeping that you know that that hope. Yeah. So I'm gonna put in some put out some positive vibes in the universe my favorite transfer of 2021 will be or 2020 will be pogba and yeah. finally 
you can't deny that transfer of Ronaldo to Juve was was just something something out of this world. It wasn't it wasn't a transfer. It wasn't a player coming to Juve. It was a whole lot of attention coming to our club and you know and the anticipation and the feeling of we've made it. Juve is finally back where they belong. That was kind of sure. the kind of a big deal. That that yeah. that may be my favorite transfer of all time. Um, what For about sure. you? Uh, I think most of mine are, are pretty similar to yours. Like I, I put together a, a sort of a top 10, but most of it is recent because uh, I didn't want to go too far back, but I just put obviously Dybala because I, sure. I love the guy. He's, he's incredible. He's devoted to the club. Um, hopefully he's going to be future captain. Uh, Ronaldo, love because, it. you know, he's, he's freaking amazing. And like you said, the amount of attention that he's brought and the, the kind of work ethic and, and the way that his teammates talk about him, he's, he's incredible. Uh, Vidal, because we got him for next mm-hmm. to nothing and he was probably one of the best midfield signings ever. Um, Higuain, because... Again, it was that was the biggest sort of fuck you to the rest of City. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say, I was, I was just, just gonna say, this is an FU transfer. That was, was amazing. Yeah. to your arrival. And if if you want to talk about like how much his kind of impact, like he he does score goals and he scored a lot of goals. But if you want to talk about his impact, talk about that goal against Inter. You know, like when we won, we essentially won the title after, you know, like in the, in the last sort of five minutes of a game, he's amazing. Uh, Tevez, because uh, that guy was just incredible. I wish he'd stayed longer. Um, De Ligt, just cause I love him. I know he's your son, so I shouldn't really oh, talk about him. How can I forget you bastard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then of course his, his brother from another mother, uh, Demiral, because again, I think he's going to be incredible. I think he's like, He's such a uh, like a committed, um, just talented young man, and he just wants to be better every day. He's he's got that kind of work ethic, and he really matches what it you know like the Juve sort of ethos and mentality. Um, uh, Andrea Pirlo, obviously, because we got him for free, and he quite literally revolutionised um, yeah. our, our midfield, and with him. We literally built our success around getting the ball to him and him creating chances. He was absolutely phenomenal in four years. Uh, you already mentioned Pogba. I think he was, you know, like we got him for nothing. He did great hey, things. I mentioned the future Pogba transfer. Don't, don't, <laughs> That's don't true. Sorry, my bad. My bad. Um, and then obviously Baizali because we got him for next to nothing and he was out of the, the BB. BC, he was kind of the, the quiet one. He was the one that wasn't so flashy. But I tell you, you go back and look at his contribution over the years. He was just fundamental to, to everything. I always maintain that the best Juve sides are built on a really strong defense. And with Barisali, if you look at his contribution over the years, just incredible player. So, yeah, that's my top yeah. 10 of recent players. I didn't want to go too far back because I could have talked about That's an excellent players. one. Yeah, I mean, but, but because some of the transfers, we weren't there, we, we mm-hmm. weren't really realizing what was going on because we were, we were smaller kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Pirlo. First of all, happy belated birthday to him. Um, yeah. yeah, without him, there's no, there's no Juve comeback without, without that metronome in the middle. Absolutely. Sometimes I just go back and, and watch his, watch his, you know, goals and skills and stuff like that, because I am yet to see a player with such elegance that, you know, graced us, you know, there's great midfielders and I love Pjanic, but the way Pirlo moved, I, I, I'll never forget ah, in the incredible. height of his, of his Juve career, I was watching him, just thinking, not even God himself can take the ball away from Pirlo because <laughs> there could have been three people around him. He would make yeah. one move and bam, oh. they're gone. It's just a he, really uh, he had the ability to player. like he, he had the ability to literally like every other player was living the game in the moment, and this guy saw the game three or four seconds ahead of what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, like he could literally read the game that well. Just people. I don't feel like I can sort of overstate enough how important he was. Just incredible player. If you didn't get to watch him at Juve, just go back and watch it. Him, him at Juve and Milan. You know, like you know, I've got no issue with that. Just, just incredible. Yeah, his. I remember his first his first game for Juve. 
that that oh. game that you know set off the the unbeaten season. I'll never forget those oh, two. Yeah. I believe yeah. there was two assists to Licksteiner, Marquisio, uh, yeah. the game against Parma in 2011. Because that I feel like that game was so important for the reincarnation of Juve. It Completely. gave us such hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it just started off so that that season so well, so perfectly with his assists, and we could really see what's in the future. And you know. Obviously, what was it five scudetti that he won, and it's just unbeaten season. And yeah, Pirlo is a Pirlo is one of the gods, definitely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, super, super fortunate to see him at you know in Juve colors. And by the way, read his book. Uh, we've got a lot of time, free time right now. His his book is amazing. I highly recommend it. Uh, short, quick read, but you know, being short that doesn't mean it was a. Um, it was a dumb book. It was, it was really well put together. Um, midfield next season, Pogba or Tonali? That was basically various people That's asking that question. Like a lot of people were asking. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw the name. I was like, who is various and why does he have a name like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really want to. I, I mean, I know that you're not. And I'm not particularly a big fan of transfers and stuff, but a lot of people are asking about, you know, what's going to happen with the Juve midfield next season? Do we want Pogba or Tonali? Blah, blah, blah. And I I have no idea. I, I literally have no clue what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to really annoy you and say that I would definitely prefer Tonali over Pogba this, <laughs> this summer for real. No, uh, I mean, it's, it's your opinion. I, 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 I wouldn't mind getting Tonali either. I just, yeah, yeah. I would love to see Pogba come back, but Tonali is an amazing player. And it makes me sad that the Inter is definitely in the, ahead of us. To Apparently. That, that makes yeah. me kind of mad. <laughs> I think if, if they do get him, I think then Juve will kind of go all in and maybe try and get Pogba by mm. maybe including a bit of money and maybe trying to give Manchester United some some players. Um, I, I, it, it's really difficult. I think the one thing that I would stress, and I think one thing that people should take away um, is that this summer will be unlike any other summer because there just isn't, for a lot of clubs, there won't be the money. Um, and for a lot of clubs, they will have to think really smartly about how they're going to kind of rejuvenate the, the squad. And I think we're going to have to be really smart about who we move on and how we do it. So it's going to be difficult um, to, to kind of completely refit the midfield with with not a great deal of money. Um, so, you know, just just take it for what it is. Don't get too disappointed if we don't get Pogba and we don't get Tonali. You know, we, we're, we're still Juventus at the end of the day. So, you know, don't worry about um, it. So you mentioned Tevez. I was actually looking for that tweet. And I posted a poll on at Juve Podcast, if you want to follow us once again. Um, so I posted people comparing Tevez to Iguain, and I love the, you know, post the polls online. Uh-huh. Um, so I, so I, I wrote, who, who had the better stint at Juve, Iguain or Tevez? Shocking. <laughs> I, I, really? I thought it would be close. This 83% of 1,400 votes went for Tevez. <laughs> Only seventeen percent to Iguain. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, I get it. Maybe people. It is way harsh, and and yeah. some people in the replies just couldn't believe it. And that was that's in, including me as well. Um, <laughs> Tevez had some great games for us, but Iguain, man, he he scored against some killers too, man. He did. Come on, like he he did a hell of a lot for this team. I, I think people tend to forget because I think people uh, Iguain obviously turned up overweight. He's on a big salary. He didn't want to leave the club, so all those kinds of things that are factor against him. Whereas you know, like people sort of think about Tevez, he just kind of came and went. He scored a lot of goals, mm-hmm. did what he needed to do, and, and sort of left. You know, but people sort of forget that he kind of left us in the lurch as well. That, that, not saying anything you know I'm not, I'm not trying to like knock his character or what what have you but you know Higuain really kind of fought because he really wanted to stay at Juventus I don't think it was all about the money he, he was very happy and he is very happy but who knows what's going to happen but yeah that that's harsh man that's a yeah, <laughs> that's a harsh, harsh. and if there's a rival Higuain scored against them at least two or three times I mean he scored against Milan Inter obviously the two amazing goals Napoli way harsh yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I like that the first goal against Napoli, uh, <laughs> yeah. he didn't celebrate. But then, then when he got that abuse, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
just had enough of it and he was celebrating it was putting your hand in his ear so he, he yeah. definitely embraced the hate from napoli fans um sure. just uh thank you guys for listening to us there's we have one more question to go uh hopefully the audio quality wasn't too bad we apologize if there was any any problems we'll 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 work on that we're using this thing called uber conference if anybody's interested really good free service up to like 45 minutes free or something uh yeah. so we're just trying it out trying it out uh uber uh uber skype wasn't really doing it for us so we'll work on the audio quality for you guys and we'll um uh, we'll sure. keep you posted one last question is again from various various is asking a lot of questions Very <laughs> really is. so uh <laughs> <laughs> he he's asking uh what are your thoughts on our cl run and just a reminder i had to google that last juve game they they played in the champions league <laughs> was in february 26th <laughs> and we lost oh, to Lyon. and uh little did we know that we would never see the vindication <laughs> we would never see what we can do <laughs> against Lyon. and i remember that remember that game was so awful it, oh. that game that game started Man. the pandemic i'm telling you <laughs> It was that bad. I'm just oh, it was that bad. The pandemic just had to start just <laughs> spontaneously because you played so bad. That game was horrendous. Uh, like that was just yeah. that was one of our worst performances possibly ever. I think like top five because we didn't create anything until the last ten minutes. Um, I think up until then we we did reasonably well i would like to say i think we did pretty well in the group but i i really kind of struggle i've got to think who did we beat in the group did we beat atletico again was that this season yeah i think we did one nil uh yeah of course dibala scored the, the free kick um yeah we we did okay uh considering you know we were still kind of getting used to what sari uh wanted from the players and all the rest so i don't think we we, we didn't do dreadfully but yeah, for sure. That game against Leon, man. Like you say, now that you talk about it and you kind of give it that context, I'm like, that was horrible. Yeah, that was bad. a dreadful game. But then if everything goes according to plan, we've obviously got the home leg in Turin and, uh, you know, you best believe the players would be fired up for that and they'd want to, you know, kind of respond, even though it's, what, like three, four months, five months, six months? you know later <laughs> it's just <laughs> it feels so weird yeah yeah you know <laughs> we, we played our last game in the champions like six months ago it's unbelievable oh, yeah. um yeah it was a bad game and and it, you know this whole COVID situation i feel like when it does restart it's all going to be about mentality you know everyone mm-hmm. sort of stayed the same shape um i'm sure the players realize that they're they're still you know employed by the clubs and physical would be kind of kind of weird the physical preparation first first couple of weeks but i feel like the mentality is just you know some some teams will need to reset mentally definitely because um you may not lose your physical abilities but definitely the mentality after six months of not playing you're just some players are just not going to have that um that mentality i hope Juve is not one of those teams i i really hope you can can bounce back and you know hopefully overturn that awful 1-0 deficit from leon oh, um please thank you rob this was fun uh i honestly didn't think i suggested doing a podcast about something not <laughs> Juve related but, but people kind of jumped down our throat which is fine i appreciate you guys wanting us back and Turns out we do have a lot of UA stuff to talk about. And uh, like I said, we'll fix the audio and stuff like that. Hopefully, this was your first time joining us and welcome. Um, check out, of course, uh, Rav's website, which I always love to pimp out because it's, it's awesome. I'm on <laughs> it right now. It's juvefc.com. Um, um, you know, join him on his Twitter at juvefc.com fc.com spelled out follow us at Juve podcast uh there's some touring giants hoodies still available check them out at touringgiants.com i have a, like mediums and smalls left um, i'm working on something super exciting for you guys with a with with a special person no it's not you rav oh. um for the no. for the for the next drop we will <laughs> we will have t-shirts 
uh, this time around since it's going to be nice weather. And then maybe, awesome. you know, the next drop around September, October, we'll have a we'll have a new set of hoodies for you guys. I know you guys appreciate the, the hoodies and it's always hoodie season in my house. So, um, yeah. Thank you, buddy. Anything else you want to add before we go? Um, just real quick, uh, you know, like in amongst sure. all this, like I, like I said, I know we're talking about football and stuff, but again, I feel like everyone needs to kind of thank all the people that are out there working in hospitals doing, like you say, I know, I know you, you guys are doing your jobs and it's just another day, but seriously, what the people are doing in hospitals, putting their lives at risk to, to essentially look after the, the people that are worst affected by this, you know, like that superhero isn't really the right word you know that it goes way beyond that so um for me at the very least i don't know about everyone else but for me i just want to say a big thank you to you obviously but to everyone else out there working in hospitals all around the world um that that are putting themselves at risk to, to sort of save lives uh just thank you you guys are the yeah, real yeah I mean, I've, thank you thank you I, obviously you know everyone who everyone who has how do i how do i how do i phrase that so basically me going in um with a mask that we had to reuse several days in a row and not having enough equipment and stuff like that me going in more or less in in a good shape and uh you know my my i've got my health thankfully but yeah. those people who are risking their lives, literally, you know, the older doctors, the older nurses, older respiratory therapists, those guys are, those guys are brave. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, if you know, if you know, this thing can, can drop you and this thing can, um, can be potentially harmful to you or lethal, even, you know, contact with COVID patients and you still go out and do your job. Um, yeah, that, those those guys are the real heroes. So um, shout outs to all of them. Our our heart goes out of Italy because obviously uh, having the emotional attachment to Italy and seeing seeing the the you know just a couple months ago what they were going through and the ICUs packed with people and those doctors fighting and Italy really um, as as the people you know they stayed at home and that, that was difficult. I can't imagine being home for more than more than two days because. You know, they were cooped up in their in their apartments for for months at a time. So shout outs to them. Shout outs to Maurizio for uh, and his work with around Juventus around Turin. Sorry, I still call it, call it around Juventus. Um, he was keeping people informed and and shout outs to him. You know, Maurizio is a good guy. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back at the stadium soon. Hopefully, um, we will celebrate wins and big trophies very soon. Rav, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Forza Juve. <laughs>